Depending on who you speak to, healthcare cyber risks are on the rise everywhere around the world. The COVID-19 pandemic has attracted cyber criminals that see an opportunity to attack distracted citizens and governments. The healthcare sector, with its copious amounts of patient data, represents an attractive target for cyber criminals. With many focused on containing the COVID-19 pandemic, is there room to relax our guard against the cyber contagion? With us today is Nilesh Jain, Vice President, Southeast Asia and India for Trend Micro, to discuss with us how the ASEAN region's healthcare sector is coping with the growing cyber risk and the strategies that CIOs and CISOs in the sector can look to deploy to contain the cyber contagion. Nilesh, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Thanks for having me here, Ellen. Let's start off with, can you provide us with a state of the cybersecurity landscape across the ASEAN region from 2019 to 2021? So overall, if you see, Alan, overall um, digital transformation is increasing, cloud adoption increasing, and people are moving much faster globally in enterprises, particularly in healthcare, to adopt the new technologies. Unfortunately, when they are adopting new technologies, they are becoming boundaryless and they are being mobile and moving to the cloud. They are not well prepared to see what kind of security risk lies in those domains. Either you are going on the cloud side. So that's where the biggest problem are cloud vulnerabilities are getting exploited and you have IoT devices in the medical terms. They are getting connected to the internet and most of the IT infrastructure is not prepared to protect them. So overall, I'll just give you an example. In last two years, we have seen 65% increase in attack overall across the globe in all the verticals. Healthcare is one of the top three verticals globally. And three kind of attacks that we are seeing, Ellen. Number one is, of course, you are exploiting the vulnerabilities and trying to take the control of the network remotely and disturb the operations of the organization. Number two is, and the most prevalent attack is ransomware attack, which is happening all across, right from large organization to SMBs, wherein customers are held ransom for the data that they have captured by stealing the data and then encrypted the data. And third attack is wherein uh, it's a targeted attack, wherein data has been already stolen and been sold underground for the better purpose. And most of the time those data has been sold for marketing organization or some of the intelligence agency and various purposes but these are the attacks that we have seen surging across the globe if we drill down specifically to the healthcare sector in the ASEAN region what are some of the security threats that healthcare organizations in ASEAN need to be concerned of or need to be worried of so healthcare sector by and large globally is, as I said, is among the top three most attacked vertical apart from government and banking. And ASEAN, ASEAN is no different there. The, the only difference is in some of the ASEAN countries, healthcare infrastructure is just coming up and it's coming up much faster than what they have done in last 15, 20 years. So we have seen that biggest infrastructure transformation happening in healthcare vertical is in ASEAN region, including Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand, wherein a lot of large hospitals and healthcare verticals are actually adopted new medical devices. Now, these medical devices are well designed to be remotely controlled, connected to the cloud. They can store data in the cloud and they are also 
connected to the intranet for the organization. So one of the things that we are seeing is a lot of hospitals don't know how to protect those devices from getting compromised. A lot of them don't even know that they can be compromised. So in ASEAN, I'll give you an example. As per first and Sullivan study covered, almost half of the healthcare organization in Asia Pacific had been either compromised or they have seen some security event happening at any point of time in last two years. So the same study says cyber attack incident can cost around $23 million of economic loss only in Asia. And this is very conservative number, Alan. I think the real number may be much, much bigger. So since of COVID-19, a lot of healthcare vertical is under pressure of modernizing their infrastructure. So are the attackers. They are actually going behind them and a lot of attacks happening around medical device and ransomware. You're saying that healthcare sector is upgrading, they're modernizing their infrastructure from the point of view of the medical infrastructure that they have. It sounds like though that from the IT infrastructure perspective, it's not getting the same priority as the modernization of the healthcare equipment. We're talking about say, for example, in the case, uh, since our topic is cybersecurity, both the technology used to protect the data that hospitals and healthcare providers have, as well as maybe the personnel that are manning these infrastructure. What's your assessment of this? The good news is, unlike earlier, when the medical devices and the IT infrastructure in healthcare vertical were two different groups and two different infrastructure overall. In today's time, most of the medical devices are running on the computer uh, connected with internet, with the latest operating system with Windows and Linux, and they are actually connected to mainframe internet. And the real purpose is they want to store the data in cloud. Real purpose is they want to control the reporting part uh, remotely and you want to sometimes have consultation done and, and medical uh, service done remotely. So when medical equipment upgradation is happening, simultaneously IT upgradation is happening. And the the biggest problem, Alan, that medic, uh, the healthcare verticals are facing is suddenly they have opened up the gate for their medical devices to be connected to internet. And those people who are managing those medical devices, even from coming from the IT infrastructure team, they do not know what kind of risk they are getting into. There are different and new era of cyber risk when you are in the cloud and particularly medical devices are connected there. Unfortunately, they are not even aware. So those are the risks that a lot of time we are seeing happening across. And we have seen some attacks happening. I'll give you an example. WannaCry cyber attack in 2018 is another one that sapped through dozens of hospitals across the country last year. The cost of that was around 92 million pound. And so those are the attacks which are, which we are seeing across the globe and so is in Asia. And this IT infrastructure that I just spoke about, who started using this new medical devices are not well prepared. The problem, Ellen, is the medical device manufacturer themselves are learning very quickly on how to secure their devices and how to patch those vulnerability and what kinds of security practice. Not that I, I'm not saying that they are not secure. What I'm saying is they don't even know what they are opened up to and they don't even know what kind of security vulnerabilities that they might have into. So those are the challenges that we are seeing across ASEAN. So what steps can healthcare organizations take then to protect themselves and their patients from potential security threats even as they start adopting and using these new modern healthcare equipment? 
while we talk about a lot of training and education required for the uh, for the IT professional, particularly working in health healthcare vertical. But I would hi- like to highlight three most important things that any healthcare vertical must do. Number one, when they are buying any devices, any medical devices from any OEM, the evaluation criteria must happen. How are they going to ensure the security for that particular device how what are the incident response capabilities that they have and is there a feedback loop mechanism in place wherein the moment you find some vulnerabilities or some attack pattern in your medical device or any connected network that particular medical device manufacturer should be informed and he should feed that information back saying that, hey, we have already taken care of this. So if this mechanism not in place, what we have seen in practically, Ellen, I've seen and we get a lot of calls from healthcare sector. One of the hospital, I got a name. I got a call from them and they were under attack and they were suspecting that their medical device compromised. And we went there and we did an audit and we found that it's been compromised. When we asked them, why didn't you approach to your manufacturer or medical device from where you purchased that? And they said, yeah, they are trying to help us, but they don't know how. That is a state of affair that we are looking at. So number one, as I said, make sure that your medical device manufacturer has a well-prepared incident response plan and they have a good feedback loop mechanism. So that's number one. Number two is when you are connecting your medical device to cloud, make sure that your team is well prepared to take care of your cloud securities and a lot of patients data are either stored in the private cloud or public cloud and those are hardly checked from the security perspective there are a lot of vulnerabilities lying there are a lot of unpatched devices or unpatched workload there those needs to be continuously monitored and maintained so that there is no attack which can succeed and third thing is you must have a process yourself in place wherein you are having proactive detection and prevention mechanism so which means either you are having your security partner who is doing your security operations 24 7 who can continuously monitor what's going on and they should be able to see immediately the moment they cite something going wrong not after a few hours and few days so those 24 7 monitoring operation has to be there in place so just to summarize three things make sure a oem has a good incident response capabilities number two you got your devices patched in the cloud and number three you are having a good 24-7 security or vigilance operations there. Now, you deal with a lot of enterprises, both in the public and private sector. You meet up with CISOs and CIOs as well. Do you feel that, at least within the healthcare sector across the ASEAN region, the IT and security professionals at these organizations are themselves prepared, adequately trained, adequately experienced in the protection of the data infrastructure that is part of their charge? Bad news is no, they are not. The good news is they know that they are not. So they are actually working. So when I talk to most of those CIOs and CISOs, not that they are superficially confident that we are secure and nothing gonna happen. They are actually vigilant. They are trying to learn as much as possible. They are working with most of the large medical device manufacturer plus cybersecurity companies and trying to organize a lot of training program. A lot of lots needs to be done. This entire industry Ellen is evolving. Unfortunately we are not yet there wherein we can say this is the perfect formula which you should implement which will give you hundred percent protection. The reality is the pace of growth 
in IoT devices, which a lot of hospitals are deploying and medical devices is much faster than the security solutions that can secure them. That is the reason why the pressure on the on the healthcare IT professional for deploying those uh, medical devices is much more and much faster than they can even think about their security solutions there. So one of the advice that I generally give to CIOs and CISOs that this you have to develop an ecosystem. You can't do this alone. You cannot say, hey, I will have my own team and they will be taking care of everything. And this ecosystem consists of four parties. Number one, your medical device manufacturer. There has to be a responsibility of having some OEM with cybersecurity prof- uh, companies wherein they are giving you inbuilt cybersecurity product that gives you good level of alert. That's number one. Number two, you, as I said, you should have a organization partner who is your cybersecurity partner who's doing your 24-7 security operation monitoring and giving you protection. And number four is your cybersecurity consultant who is doing continuous audit as a rate teaming. And what I strongly suggest, every healthcare vertical should do this exercise, what we call it rate teaming exercise, wherein they actually articulate the attack and see whether something is wrong. So if you have this ecosystem in place, medical device, their own IT team, which is well-trained, you have a SOC provider who's doing 24 seven operations and you have a auditor for cyber security who does very very proactive auditing of your security operations there more or less you will have good peace of mind that you might not be compromised and even if you compromise the the impact will not be big we've talked about so far the it and the security professionals who are responsible for protecting the infrastructure what about the people above the it executives your ceos or cfos as well as the board most healthcare organizations have these given that they are not probably not familiar with technology how can the ci or ciso properly or adequately educate these executives so that there is a reasonably healthy understanding of cybersecurity threats and the appropriate investments necessary to protect the infrastructure and the data? Ellen, that's a fantastic question. And I don't get asked this question very often. So thank you for asking this. Most of the time, one of the hurdles that CIOs and CISO has to face when they are dealing with their executives, particularly most of them are coming from business background or, or the medical practitioners. Their only priorities is how fast can you deploy latest technology for me to serve my patients well, right? So earlier, before 2018 and 19, the question that they were asking was, how fast can you deploy my solution? and how can you optimize my security cost and can we get our devices and our infrastructure upgraded first and then we'll talk about security. The security used to be afterthought earlier. In last couple of years and particularly after COVID-19 that wherein the digital transformation and cloud adoption has outpaced a lot of other technologies, board has realized that they cannot bypass or security cannot be afterthought, right? So now good thing is they are asking question to CIOs and CISOs as, is security already taken care of when you're coming to me asking for buying or deploying new solutions? Is security going to help me become digital hospital or digital healthcare organization which can serve a lot of my patients online or much faster? So board are going to actually ask two questions to CIOs and CISOs. Number one is, how is my security posture doing right now? Which I said, if you have those ecosystem in place, uh, which is your security operation center and auditors, 
you will have those reports ready that you can present to your board saying hey yeah i think i'm fairly confident that we are 95 percent there in security posture and number two is all the investment that we have done on cyber security is really helping me to move much faster which is ROI piece. And these are the two questions that most of the board are asking and should be asking if they are not. So yeah, these are the, these are the big changes that we have started seeing happening at a board level in healthcare organization. For the CIO and CISO, what questions should they be asking their security vendors to address emerging threats? Given there's so many vendors out there in the market, so many layers of security that they need to do, how do they avoid becoming confused in developing a strategy that would be appropriate for their organizations? When uh, CIOs and CISOs are looking to procure any cybersecurity product, First thing is they should not evaluate products based on the feature. They should evaluate the partner based on their credentials. And I'll tell you why. There are a lot of different security vendors who come and claim that I can solve your problem and give you security, which may last for six months and one year. They have to identify a partner who can give longevity of the security solution, which can last for three years to five years and which has a capability to invest into security solution, which travels together with their technological adoption journey. So just to summarize the first statement, they should keep at least five years of investment horizon in mind. If the vendor cannot keep up their the investment secure for next five years may not be the right choice. Number one. Number two is that vendor understand the medical devices and healthcare infrastructure. Are they really working with those manufacturers along to make sure that they have good tie-up and good API integration with those medical devices at an OEM level and they are secure from that point of view. So if they do not, they might struggle later on. And number three is, do they have a capability to consolidate all their security events and incidents which they are seeing and should be able to give you one span of class wherein they are able to see what exactly is happening in their infrastructure totally. So if any of the vendor can't do this, can't protect your investment for five years, or they are not having a good OEM tie-up, or they're not even working with a medical device manufacturer, or someone who can't give you visibility entire network-wide may not be a wise choice. What is the value proposition of Trend Micro towards helping CIOs and CISOs in the healthcare industry protect themselves from cyber threats? My value proposition uh, for the company is the thing that we are very proud of. We protect the investment of the company. So whenever we provide cybersecurity solutions to customers and particularly in healthcare organizations, not only we give them proactive and latest technology to detect and respond, but we design solutions such a way and keep on investing in solutions such a way that those investments are taken care of for next five to seven years and a lot of time till 10 years. This sounds very simple, Alan, but it's not very simple in the security industry that I work in, wherein every two years and three years, dynamics of technologies are changing. And because of the requirement and the, the new cybersecurity products are coming every day, and that's where CIOs and CISOs get confused whether I have to keep on changing my security solution, keep on investing millions of dollars there. So the biggest challenge that they are facing today is how much is enough? How much can I keep on investing into cybersecurity? How much can I keep on asking it? And that's why I said, if they want to choose the right partner who not only give them better protection and base protection, but simultaneously protect their investment as well. I think Trend Micro has that unique proposition to large and lot of large organizations. Nilesh, Nilesh, thank you for joining me on Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you for having me here.
That was Nilesh Jain, Vice President, Southeast Asia and India, Trend Micro, on the topic of strategies for containing the cyber contagion in healthcare. You are listening into Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now. Music